This is Homebuyer Talk Radio with your host, Mark Evinger. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Homebuyer Talk Radio. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk about the real estate market here in San Antonio. Is it a buyer or seller's market now? Are home prices going up or down and why? And we're going to talk about one of the most important things you should check on your home that you're not checking, especially if you're going to buy or sell a home. In studio with us today is Gaspar Fuentes, a local real estate expert and founding broker of San Antonio's Finest Realty. Gaspar, welcome back to the show. Hey, it's great to be here, brother. Also in studio with us today is Mike Marlowe, the owner and or an expert inspector and home <laughs> the owner of Veteran Home Inspections. Mike, welcome back to the show. Yeah, good to be here. And we have Tito Pacheco, a plumbing expert and the owner of the Right Guys Plumbing Services. I know you're excited to be I here. I am, man. I got <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm, I'm loving this. <laughs> <laughs> A quick reminder for our listeners that you can catch video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at homebuyertalkradio.com. Also on our website is a list of recurring guests on our show, which helps a lot. If you didn't catch their information during the show, just go to homebuyertalkradio.com and look it up there. The show reaches thousands of listeners each month on radio here in the greater San Antonio area and more than 40,000 viewers a month on social media. And if you're on Nextdoor app, this is something new that we're doing. Be sure to follow me for video clips of the show uh, and local business insight. So the easiest way to find me on Nextdoor is just go to homebuyerdarkradio.com, click on the little icon, the Nextdoor icon there, and you'll go directly to my personal profile, and uh, you can follow me there. So they don't let business profiles put videos on Nextdoor. It's just images, right? So I'm like, well, I'm just going to do it on my personal one because we have great video here that I want people to be able to see. If you run a small business that services homeowners and or in the greater San Antonio area and you'd like to be a guest on the show, visit homebuyertalkradio.com and click on the link to apply to be a guest. All right. So on, on July 20th, Freddie Mac forecasted an overall national market slowdown due to higher interest rates, higher home prices, although house appreciation is slowing. And then we also have inflation affecting the cost of essentials such as food, energy, and rent that I know all of us are experiencing. I mean, the cost of stuff at HEB is going up. Our energy bill was higher. Gas prices, of course, they, they were going up. They were up over $4 a gallon, but now they're back down below 4 which is it's interesting that we would say that now. It's, oh, my God, thank God it's less than $4 a right. gallon. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like the new normal. I knew normal. that was going to happen. Yeah, right. So uh, Freddie Mac also reporting that existing home sales have declined for the fifth straight month. And Freddie Mac is reporting that as of June, unsold existing homes have now risen to 1.26 million, which is about three months worth of inventory. And finally, Freddie Mac's evaluation of public confidence in the housing market shows that market confidence is now at its lowest point since the onset of the pandemic. So Gaspar, that was a big lead in. But so with respect to here in San Antonio, what are you seeing out there in the field? Well, you have to remember what they're forecasting, uh, you know, is just based on all the averages nationwide. So you got to see things a little bit differently from the local side. Always. It's always going to be a little bit different everywhere you go. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's always been the case. Markets fluctuate from not just um, uh, region to region, but from state to state. And it may even be from uh, just neighborhood to neighborhood. It can be that uh, device. True. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what we're we're hoping for, like I've talked about in the last show, you know, that, that we did was a, was a slow, steady decline so that we don't come crashing down. Cause then that everyone loses their home values simultaneously. And that gets really sticky, but if it comes down slowly, like I talked about uh, before um, we should be doing okay. And I think there's some things that are in San Antonio itself that are going to lead into helping that occur. Because historically, if you look at 
uh, recessions and how San Antonio's market, housing market has fared, it's always done very well, considerably to the rest of the company uh, country. So when we're seeing problems like we saw in, um, like, say, in Detroit back in the last recession, back in 08, 09, uh, Arizona, you know, uh, Phoenix, these places just crumbled immediately. San Antonio didn't do that. We had the opportunity to do that, but we didn't do that because we maintained a fairly slow decline back into uh, um, a good correction. Any idea why? Um, I think it was because we maintained um, uh, a median average uh, home price that was still in line with the normal wage earner. I believe that was the main so factor. affordability. It was affordability. Um, what we're not see- we're seeing that we've gotten away from that a little bit, so it may be a little more drastic. But again, historically, I'm kind of relying on some of the things that we've seen out there already um, with the prices coming down slowly. So we had a pretty good spike, uh, like it was on a 20 percent or something like that. I don't know the exact numbers, but it was a pretty big spike, I think, last year. And then, of course, all the homeowners are being called in for their appraisal values and freaking out over that kind of stuff. But that was very unusual for around here. Yes. And back in March, um, the city government did kind of like a little bit of a Band-Aid and they put five uh, percent extra on everyone's homestead exemptions, which was was just kind of a knee jerk reaction because they were getting so many calls, yeah. getting so many complaints, and they had they felt like they had to do something. And then it took them about approximately three months to figure out the math and see if they would still make money. And then just this past July or, or earlier this month or late last month, they finally came up with, oh yeah, we can afford to do twenty percent. <laughs> so now the, the home exemption is going to move to 20%. Okay. Now, explain that real quick. So home exemption, what do you mean by that? Okay, so for example, if you own a home, and let's just say that it's uh, $300,000, um, and they're going to exempt you 20%, then that would be sixty grand. So that they're not going to tax you at $300,000. They're going to tax you at two hundred and forty thousand dollars so um it roughly comes out to about 60 bucks a month i think is what it's going to uh, accommodate but um that is still a good benefit and you want to look at it from the perspective of this makes affordability still an option for a lot of people um and of course you see it's it's done by the politicians so you see the finger pointing and the blame game going on and nothing really of any substance truly happens uh but uh at least you see some movement in a positive direction of some now, sort. Would you characterize the homestead exemption as a band-aid? Um, it's, it is. It is a band-aid. Uh, again, I think that um, the main source needs to come from uh, property taxes in legislation. We really need to get a hold of this. But you see, Demo- Democrats will blame Republicans. Republicans will blame the unions. And the unions then turn back around and just start pointing fingers at everybody else. Well, what about your kids? You know, they do this type of thing. I'm talking about the teachers unions because most the majority of that money is going to public school. OK, and that's that's really where it's it's main lion's share is going. Right. Yeah. So. We'll see what happens with it, but those changes do have to be made before we can see any real results in property taxes. Okay, and when it comes to, do you think it's a buyer's market right now or a seller's market or somewhere in between? It's still a seller's market, and it's it's very unique because even though um, the Fed has in, raised the interest rate, which is de- de- uh, designed to slow down the buyers, um, the prices continue to increase. Okay, and now they're not at the same rate they were increasing, you know, 12 months ago, but they are still going up. They're going up slowly now. And that's the difference. And again, I've even had this conversation with several of my agents that uh, we are in disagreement. Uh, They do not see the correction. And I'm saying, well, it's 
nature. What goes up has to come down. It's, it's just regardless, it's going to do it. The Fed is saying this is going to go on for the next six, seven years that, that prices will continue to go up. Okay. Um, I am not sure how that happens, but if it is, there's still got to be a breaking point somewhere. Either median wages need to be exaggerated and moved up to the point where they're just astonishing, where people are making $25 an hour somewhere just to get back to basically feeling like the way we were. Or these prices do need to stop somewhere and eventually start to cascade back down. There's got to be some give to it. I don't understand how that occurs, but I guess we're going to find out <laughs> sooner or later. We all will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with respect to inventory here in the San Antonio area, how are we doing there? We're still at about a, a month and a half uh, creeping up on two months. I, I watch it uh, weekly, and you'll see the numbers uh, just by one, you know, one hundredth of a point start to move itself up. Uh, time is taking longer to actually get something off the market. But at the same time, um, it's still a very good uh, seller's market at this point. What do you think is a healthy inventory in the San Antonio area? I've, I've always said uh, what, I, what I see as a healthy inventory is anything between three and a half to five and a half months. Okay, so we're still... F- Fast. Yeah, we're still very fast, but um, not as fast as we were before. But you're going to see this probably linger on for quite a while. And that, again, kind of goes back to um, the, the demand process and the lack of builds and different things like that, which are picking up. You know, there's supply chain issues that are still starting to kind of sort themselves out. I even have a project of my own um, that for the last four weeks, the guy still can't find all the supplies we need to get our stuff done. So it's just the way it is right now. Yeah, and the, the supply chain has definitely yeah. got some problems. All right, Gasper, if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, com, or they can contact me by at 210-332-0161. Thank you, Gasper. We appreciate yeah. that. Always a pleasure to have a chat. All right, so um, Tito, plumbing. Yes. We had a chat uh, a couple days ago, and you're very passionate about some issues that are going on out there. And that's one of the things I love about Tito is he's passionate about everything that he's doing. And here we go. Here we go. Well, no, 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 no. When, go when you hire somebody, it's like, it's good that they're passionate, that they care yes. about what it is they're doing. So for those of you who haven't met Tito yet, Tito Pacheco is an expert plumber and the owner of Right Guys Plumbing Services here in San Antonio. He's a friend of mine. He's done work at my house. Uh, really, really good quality work. Very pleased with it. Um, real quick before we get into it, though, so if folks aren't following you on Facebook, that's a great place to make sure to find the right guys, and that's G-U-Y-Z Plumbing um, on Facebook. Uh, but your Facebook pages, you guys are posting video uh, tips there and, uh, and also image tips, stuff like that, but you're getting a lot of activity over there. How, how are things going with your Facebook page? Everything is wonderful. It's, it's been a thrill. We've seen those numbers going up. We've yeah. seen uh, more people interacting and uh Compared to what it was a couple months ago, it's just been fabulous. Yeah, I can't complain. It's right. you done a, a a marvelous job. Well, the, <laughs> I, I think that I think part of it is your charm, your natural yeah. charm, right? Is you're fun to fun to talk to and fun to listen to. So that's my personal opinion. That's but awesome. anyway, so make sure you guys follow him on Facebook. So the biggest problem you're seeing out there with respect to uh, you're getting calls to jobs on a regular basis uh, when somebody buys a home. Um, and then they got this big issue. What are you seeing? Most of the time, what uh, it's it's a couple of factors. It's number one, also the hard water that we have in and affecting those copper pipes or the material that are made the pipes. If you have uh, 
uh, what are we what they're using? Uh, sometimes they use uh, other kind of piping. They will rust, you know, and uh, it'll be uh, flaking off, and there'll be uh, clogging different uh, uh, for, uh, faucets, uh, the kitchen, the landing on the toilet. One of those things also too. But the most that we're getting is problems with sewer lines. Okay, okay. explain that. Well, what's going on is uh, when when the new home buyers that buy this home, they don't think about those kind of stuff. No, know? we don't. No, you don't. Uh, yeah, the house is beautiful. Everything looks nice. The wife is saying, let's just move in. Well, let's move in. Wife happy, life happy, right? Yep. But the thing is going on that you're not catching up one of the most things that is very important, which is the drains, the sewer lines of your home that you cannot see. And we're finding uh, people that, even people that have moved, not even been in the house for two months, the they start flushing and they start finding serious, serious problems. So why are the problems coming up after they move into the house? Why were they not there before? What kind of factors influence that? Um, I have a little problem with that because uh, it just doesn't happen overnight. You know, they, they, they had to leave a track of maybe problems that happened before that the, the new buyer is not aware but unfortunately, these kind of things happen. You got, you know, you got inspectors that do their job. They're, they're amazing, like Mr. Michael over here. And then you got some other ones that they're not as theoretical. You know, they don't, they don't go and really inspect what's going on. And the house is just passes like that. And they, when they move in, is when they see these kind of problems. But it is, it is a problem that it, it's been happening. It just doesn't happen. So, but what if you have like, a, say, you got a couple that live there, right? Mm-hmm. A husband, and wife that live there, and then. After you get a, maybe a family of six yep. that moves in after there. So, I mean, would that have an impact? Because oh, you've got yes. a lot more sewage, yes, yes, a lot yes, more water yes, flow. Definitely. You know, if you were to have a, a family of three, it's not the same as family of five and three of them are teenagers. You know, also girls. Too. Yes, <laughs> especially like, like, hey, wait, let me, let me start. I got four of them. Oh my God, I think I work for them full time. <laughs> That's right. You got all yeah. girls. So, uh, Mike, just a, a, a quick, uh, you know, you do a lot of home inspections. Yep. And so I think to Tito's point, you know, if people, he thinks, well, from what I get from our conversation, maybe they kind of know that there's a bit of an issue, but it's possible that maybe they don't. So when you guys inspect the home, you're testing water flow and these types of things, right? Yeah, we do. We definitely run a lot of water during a home inspection. But, yeah, sometimes these these issues may not appear until... You start getting solids down and mm. and all that. We're just running water. Or, you know, it may, you know, especially if it's a vacant house, there's room for all that water that we're, flush, that we're running down the place okay. to, to build up before it, you know, starts appearing in the in the showers or wherever. So wh- where's your, what's your opinion on, like, running a sewer scope inspection? I, I think... It, essential no matter the age of the house we find issues on new construction houses we find issues on you know century houses okay and tito so uh, i mean you guys do plumbing inspections over there that right is correct as well like sewer sewer line inspections stuff like that and correct. i know that uh, mike would do them as well like for a new home purchase that kind of a thing but if somebody calls you out for a sewer line inspection what does that entail i mean how much does it cost what it all depends what we want to see is the age of the home too Okay. okay. If the house is fairly new and it's been P- it has been placed PVC and you have an available clean out, the price changes. Okay. Now the problem is the vast majority of these homes, especially when you buy in older homes from the 70s, 80s, you know, and around that range, 
a lot of these people did not believe in cleanouts at that time. There was not an enforcing actually code that they would, you know, tell them, hey, you have to have that for whatever reason. You know? Okay, and just real quick, what's a cleanout? The cleanout is uh, pretty much all it is is an access to your main sewer line. Okay. Okay, and it's uh, it can come up in three inch or four inch, and what it does is it's right in your yard or in your backyard, depending where you install it, and it will have a cap on it. It's made of PVC, yeah. and that you open it, and that's what it gives you access straight into your sewer line. And if you don't have a clean out, then that requires uh, uh, whoever's doing the inspection to go in where. You will have to maybe pull up a toilet, and that's. Uh, Take it all out and then start inspecting through there or uh, maybe accessing one of the vents, the main vent stack in the top of the home. But that's risky on a safety. That is that is a little risky. Yes, it does. It sounds expensive, too. I mean, if you're taking a risk. But yes. also, so when you say remove the toilet, you're talking about taking the whole toilet off? Take the whole toilet out. How come out, you just can't ring. run it through the, through the normal, where the rest of this stuff goes? <laughs> <laughs> because that, that's your toilet where it connects to the actual main line, you know? And that's the only access that you have through there or the vent. You have to pull the toilet, and at that time, you got to reset the toilet, put a brand new wash yeah. ring, and, uh, I mean, that's if you don't have a clean-out. Okay, and you have to do that. Yeah, the, the sewer cameras generally won't go through the, the trap that's in the toilet. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So that's why you have to pull the toilet to get yeah, straight you, into the line. that's why. All right. Well, I mean, that's good information. So if somebody calls you out there, and they're like, well, I'm sorry, but this is the way this has to go, and it's going to be X amount of dollars and more. Unfortunately, like, wait a minute. And that's why we recommend that at that time, look, if you're not going to take care of this problem right now, I will highly recommend for you to put at least a clean-out because you have an access where they can, you know, send an auger or a snake or, or trying to get you open. But if you don't, we're going to have to pull out the toilet every single time you get clogged up. I can do it right now, and you'll be calling me tomorrow. Hey, I clogged up again. Yeah. And then I'll be like, okay, but you have an issue. we got to pull out the toilet again. So. Yeah. Let me just ask on the clean-out real quick. So if they don't have a clean-out, how expensive is that to get one put in? Like I said one more time, it depends on the area. It depends how hard is the ground. It depends how deep it could be. It could start anywhere from 1400 On up? And going up. Whoa. It, if depends on the area, like I said, how hard is the ground, it, how, how deep we're going to have to dig, what are we dealing with. Those, those are very, very important uh things that we have to consider. Now, what are the big benefits that a homeowner gets from having a clean out? Because it's going to come down to dollars. Exactly. Right. The come down on how much is going to be to get you so, going. Right. So plumbing services will cost more if you don't have a clean out. Is that yeah. accurate? Exactly. Well, yeah. well, you know, you're making it, it makes it more difficult to the plumber to perform the job. Right. Now, if you would have set a clean out and it takes us 15 minutes to get you open, now we're talking about taking everything off from a toilet, putting stuff or how to yeah. climb, and the timing, the effort, how many men they need on the job, all that kind of stuff matters. So wow. if, if you're really, really serious, you will do a clean out because that will save you a lot, a lot of money. And we like saving money on this show anyway. All right, Taylor, <laughs> if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? They can uh, check me out on the Facebook, man, that you did. It's a wonderful. Thank you one more time. Or they can check us at www.com. The right guys. That's G U Y C T X. dot com. dot com. All right. Awesome. And what's your phone number? Two one zero seven four 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 three nine seven. Awesome. All right, Tito. Thank you for coming in. Always a pleasure, sir. No problem. And and so, Mike, we're going to kind of build on that here in a minute. But so next up on the show is Mike Marlowe, the owner of Veteran Home Inspections and an expert home inspector. It's like, look, if you're going to get a home inspection done, you need to give Mike a call. Mike, welcome back to the show. Yeah, always good to be back here. All right, so. Um, we're my personal story. 
we're going through a home sale right now in California, right? It's a, it's an estate deal. And uh, we didn't have a home inspection done. I, I'm not making decisions on this deal, right? But we didn't have a home inspection done before we listed the home. And it has just kind of been a bit of a mess after that um, because some things were found that are a couple major items and which we would have known about if we'd have gotten an inspection done before and could have let potential buyers know along the way. And, and I think it would just help everybody with the the response that happens when big items can come up. So getting a home inspection done before you list, yes or no? Of course, yes, you should. (laughs) (laughs) Besides the fact that it's more business for us, it it takes a lot of stress out of the home buying process for both sides. Like you said, you got hit with a bunch of surprises. If you had known about those up front, you could have disclosed them, and anybody looking at buying that house – yeah, they're they're making the offer on that house and already knowing the the true condition of the house. Right, um, it's less liability for you as a seller if you you know. Hey, look, we had an inspection. This is everything we know. Yeah, you're full being disclosure. fully disclosed, full disclosure, full transparency, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And you're less likely to have a house fall out of escrow after. The, the buyer's home inspection if they even get one. So there's two reasons why I think people aren't doing that. Number one is they're afraid of the information. Yep. They're afraid of knowing, which that is never a good position to put yourself in is where you lack that information because you lack positioning within that negotiation process. The other thing is cost. So, but I mean, how much are we talking for on average? Uh, 375 is where we're starting it on home inspections yeah. for you know, 2,000 square feet. So it's not a huge cost but you know it could be you you can fix the easy stuff yeah if it's something big you disclose it maybe get an estimate you know say the the main drain line needs to be replaced you call up tito you get an estimate it's going to be you know x number of dollars house is priced accordingly here's an estimate from tito who's willing to come in and do this repair for this cost because you know i'm sure gasper will We'll echo this, but buyers tend to overestimate the cost of repairs. Every you know, time. If a, if a roof needs to be replaced, say it's a $5,000 roof, and the buyer says, oh, I want $10,000 for that. But you hand them an estimate and say, look, here's, you know. Oh, good point. Patriot Roofing is going to you know, do this roof for $5,000. So now you have all of this information already set up. To take that argument out of the, right. the process. It lowers the stress. Gasper, to, to Mike's point, so how – is that a smart tactic to oh, do absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. The, uh, contractually, the buyer and the seller agree to purchase the home as is. So if you are disclosing all of that information as a seller – then there's absolutely no direction for the buyer to be able to come back with uh, pressure and say, hey uh, – you didn't know this was, uh, you know, broken, and now I discovered it through my my buyer's inspection, and you need to fix this. And so now it's in your yeah. court. When if it's set up up front, if it's done in a pre-inspection type of model like Mike's talking about, now we could actually either negotiate that price already into the package as we get started, mm-hmm. and it's it's a done deal after that. Now you know, hey, we've already figured out that we still have room within our market analysis to increase that value maybe another, say it's a $5,000 job, and we increase it by 2500 
on our sales price because the the buyer uh, is agreeing to say, yeah, that's fine. I'll I'll pay twenty five, and then we pay twenty five on the seller side. It, the job gets done. He makes his money back at closing. It's a wash. It's a good good practice to get into. Mike, are you getting? Thank you for that, Gasper. Mike, are you getting called out for pre? Like listing we are starting to see them pick up again. Okay. Of course, when it was the the super hot seller's market and you know people weren't doing inspections and buying whatever they could get their hands on, <laughs> yeah, pre-listing inspections were not a thing. Which was <laughs> killing me, by the way, as the broker. It was killing me to see those, yeah. those contracts come over. I was like, well, where'd your option period go? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's um, going on? Yeah, we, we still stayed busy on the, the buyer's inspection side, but now we're starting to see more of the seller's inspections start to come back in again. And, uh, you know, of course, we're happy about that because you know, it just makes everything easier. It's less stress for everybody. You may, as a seller, you may not like seeing the, the fact that, hey, you know, there's stuff broke on our house that we didn't know about or we had, you know, been ignoring yes. and forgot about. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's in the long run, it's going to make everything easier for you. So real quick, when it comes to like older home inspections, like you know, homes from the seventies. It's hard to say that these are old homes now, right? Yeah, but well, let's go sixties the... at least. <laughs> <laughs> so, give me like your your top three items you're finding on these older homes. Say like you know from the seventies. Um, in this area, foundations, electrical, and plumbing. Okay, and what kind of electrical issues are we talking about? Um, aluminum wiring or old wiring, ungrounded systems, um, things like that. Okay, um, and plumbing. What kind of issues are you seeing yeah. on plumbing? Um, depends on the era of the house, but um, the various types of piping that we have found have been bad, like polybutylene, Kitec, um, galvanized, which uh, Tito was talking about earlier, uh, cast iron drain lines, or you know, even worse, the the Orangeburg you know, paper rolled up with tar and formed into a pipe. Uh, Whoever came up with that idea was a genius. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or, the, or the clay pipes. Um, yeah, that's what we're finding is just, you know, aged systems that have exceeded their life expectancy. You know, ACs, you know, heat and AC, if that goes out, people get it fixed. But, you know, as long as the lights still come on, they don't, you know, look at their electrical unless there's a, pl- a problem or unless they're plumbing starts backing up. They don't look at that. So, All right. Well, if folks want to get in touch with you, Mike, how do they do that? Okay. Website, vhillc.com or 210-202-1974. All right. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. As we wrap up the show, quick reminder, check out our latest podcast or catch video version of the show anytime by visiting our website at homebuyertalkradio.com. It's going to be it for us. Have a great week, and we'll see you on the next one. Yeah, buddy. All right.